Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our Jesus Is series. Jesus is laughter. Jesus is my confidence. Jesus is a friend. Jesus is. Well, good morning. Welcome to week four of Jesus Is. How many of you guys have been here for all four weeks? You just, all four weeks. Church junkies. Awesome. There's a few of us. Hey, we're glad you guys are here today. And uh, we are in week six of Hope Church. And so if you're here today, you are early in the game and we have a place for you, a place for you to belong and a place for you to call home. And um, since we've started this church, um, a lot of the people that we've brought in have said, man, this just feels like it's our family. And uh, we want you to feel like this is your family. We want you to have a place where people know you, they know your name, they know your face. And um, the more you come, and then when you leave, we'll miss you when you're not here. And uh, the Renos have been gone for one week, and I miss them. And it's a little bit superficial why I miss them. I miss them because they bring me a cup of coffee every week. Last week, I didn't get it from them, but I got it this week, and so I'm in good shape. And um, we're just really glad you're here. And um, we have a, a sermon, or we have something we want to share with you today. We call it a sermon or a talk, and it, we wanted to encourage you. We wanted to lift you up. And we want to give you something when you come here on, on, on Monday, on Sunday, that will help you when Monday happens. I, I, one of the things I shared with you guys last week, I, I wrote down this, that, um, that God doesn't care about, God doesn't care, if, and if you have, want to take notes, you can, but I, wrote, I gave you this last week, that God doesn't care about your past. And what I like about that is I got on social media on Tuesday or Wednesday, and we'll follow you, and it's not creepy, though. We just follow you in a good way. And <clears throat> I saw some post, man, God does not care about your past. And that's encouraging. And that's good news because a lot of times Satan and maybe people around us, they want to remind us of our past. But Jesus never came to remind us of our past. I love the Apostle Paul. Paul said this, I, I forget the past. I throw that thing way behind me, and I press towards Jesus. And uh, I say this every week. My wife said to me, how long are you going to say this for? And I'm probably going to say it for the life of our church. We are a Jesus church. And so we promote Jesus, and that's our message, Jesus, and where we're going is Jesus, and what we like to like for you to be a part of is Jesus. And so you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here, but we are all about Jesus. And so we started a series uh, four weeks ago called Jesus Is. And the first week we looked at the fact that Jesus is who he says that he is, and that's great news. Jesus being who he says he is is great news. And here's why it's great news. Whenever you and I figure out who we believe he is and we know who he is, we can truly be who we're supposed to be. I've used this silly little illustration my entire life. If you have a Sony TV and it breaks, you don't go get a Mitsubishi or you don't go get, I almost cussed, you don't go get another manual to work on your TV. You, you just don't. Uh, we, we, use a, um, we use the same kind of computers here for all of our systems that Jesus uses. It's called Apple products. And so we use that. And so when we use the Apple products, when something breaks, we don't get online and look up Microsoft. And we do have one PC that we use, and it doesn't even work. And so it's like we're partial. But it's like if it doesn't, if something's broken, you get the manual for the thing that you're trying to fix. And so if you're trying to fix whatever brand is, you get the manual for that brand, all of our guys on the, on the tech side of what we do and um, our search engine optimization and the guys that run the PCs and all the stuff, that the, or the computers, everything that we run, those guys are all researchers. And I'm not. They're like, something's broke. And they're like, we're going to research. I'm like, let's just, I'm like, let's just pray over it. <laughs> That's what I want to do. It's like, no, we'll research it. It'll, it'll fix it. And, and they just, there's a plan for everything. And when all we set all this stuff up in here today, there's, there's a plan for it. And I believe this, that Jesus has a plan for all of our, all of our lives. But we can only, if, and he's the creator of, he, he created you and me. Jesus created you and I. 
There's nothing out there, there's no one out there that can create a complex person as you are. All the ladies say amen. No one can, can, no one can make us the way that we are. I, I posted something this week, and hopefully it'll be encouraging to you. Man, you have to be you, because everybody else is already taken. We see people on social media, we see people in different places, and we try to be just like them. And you know what I found out to be true in my own life? If I'm trying to be like somebody else, that is exhausting. That's terrible, isn't it? And here's the deal, you don't, it, a lot, and a lot of times what we do is, is we, we, look at their, we look at people's highlight reels. Man, they're that, they're that, they're that, man, they're that, they're that, they're that, they're that. But we don't see where, where the, the humble beginnings, where they came from. We say, man, they got it together, they're up there singing songs, they can worship God. No, they don't, you don't know where, where they've been through to get to where they're at. But whenever we can figure out who Jesus is, he is who he says that he is, then we can be all that we're truly meant to be. And week two, we looked at the fact that Jesus is calling you. He is calling you. And you got to answer. He calls everyone, the Bible says. He, he calls and everyone makes a choice on what they're going to believe and what they're going to do. So he's calling you and he's calling me. And whenever he calls us, he gives us a path and a direction on where to go. And it, it's good when he calls you. Uh, when, my, when, I, when my parents get on to me or, hey, I need to talk to you about something, we think it's a bad thing. When Jesus calls you, it's not a bad thing. A lot of people in, in your church background or your church culture, you maybe came up and you believe that, man, if I don't do this and Jesus is going to be mad at me, if I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, then Jesus is going to punish me and Jesus is going to do this. And I want you to know, Jesus called you, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. For Peter, it was getting out of a boat. It was getting out of a boat. For Jonah, it was getting out of a big old fish. For the lady, for the, for the lady that had this, this issue in her life where she couldn't, she had a physical issue, for her, it was, it was, it was, it was a good thing. When Jesus calls you, it's a good and it's a great thing. And then last, we looked at the fact that Jesus is the God of second and third chances. And if you missed last week or you missed any of these weeks, you can go to hopewintergarden.com. You can click on sermons. You can listen to all the sermons. And if you have a friend going through a tough time, and you're like, man, I like that. Or that was encouraging to me. And we're always going to be encouraging to you. And we always want to help you because we believe God's encouraging. Jesus is encouraging. We believe his word is encouraging. So if you have a friend who's going through a tough time, you can say, hey, go and check this out. Listen to this. It may be encouraging to them. So we post these sermons online. But we looked at the fact that Jesus is the God of second and third chances. And um, he's the God of fourth chances and the fifth chances and the sixth chances and the seven chances, and the eight chances. And I was going to make that the title, but I just, each time I said that, I got a little longer, I made it shorter and shorter. And someone's like, you could have just said it was a God of second chances. And I just believe that we need to realize that he is a God of many chances. And person after person, all throughout humanity, God has given mankind chances. And uh, he started way a long time ago in a, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful, beautiful garden called Eden. And he gave a man and a woman a chance and they messed that chance up, and then he gave them another chance. And throughout humanity, he's given us chance after chance after chance. And that's the good news of Jesus. He's the God of second and third chances. And today I want to finish up with a, with a talk I'd like to title, Jesus is preparing you for more. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus has more for you. Turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm going to take it. <clears throat> I'm going to take it. Man, if he has more for you, you got to take it. How many of you guys in here, you have kids? Jesus, please help them. They need help. <laughs> if you got kids, you need help. And you're like, God, I'll take whatever you got for me. If you can help me with my kids, I'll take that. Jesus is preparing you for more. If you have kids and you, you need help, everyone does. I don't care how old they are. If they're 20, you need help. If they're 30, you need help. If they're 40, you need help because you have to help them walk through life. Because here's what happens. When they're 20, if your kids aren't 20 yet, you're going to say to them, man, why can't they get it together? You know what it'll be? It'll be the same. You'll be saying, why can't you get together? And they'll be like, well, I don't know. 
And you, you said the same exact thing to them when they were 15. Why can't you get together? And they can't get together at 20 because they didn't get together at 15 or 10 or 8. You know, they, they've got to get together. My son, I told you guys last week, he scraped his nose, he scraped the skin off his nose. Would you believe yesterday? That joker's on the mattresses jumping again. I'm like, son, I told you no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Like, come on. Get up. Don't do that. And so he jumped. I said, I said, son. I said it almost like this. Probably a little bit, you know, said a couple things I shouldn't have said first. No, I'm just kidding. I said, son, do you remember last week? And moms and dads, doesn't that sound like a, such a simple little phrase? Don't you remember last week? And he's like, I don't know. You know, it's just, that's four for you, you know. Like, son, get it together. Come on. <clears throat> he doesn't get it. But man, so in life, we, we, we go through life and we, we hear this phrase, God has more for you. And we think, well, I, I don't, that can't be for me. So I have these four kids and, uh, and they all have learned this sign language. They've all learned the same exact, most of them have learned the exact same sign language. And um, I don't know if they learned yes or no in sign language, but they all learned this phrase. Do you guys know what this means? Yeah, more. And man, they all know it. You know when they use it, the, like they, when you go, when we spank them, they don't never say like this. Makes sense, right? My daughter, the, the, my, my twin, she's, uh, my, my daughter who's eight, she, 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 more, 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 more. My son, at, my son at four, he learned more. I can't remember his, his childhood. I feel like it was like such long ago because twins came so fast. All I can think about, my friends in the back, they have twins. Like, all I can think about is my current reality. Hell on earth. No, um, I can only, I just know my twins. So now I see my, they want, they want more. It's too flat. I, I, I Googled it last night. It's too flat in O's and you just go like this. This means more. And so she always does it in the high chair. That girl wants more food. She can be full and she's like more, 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 more. And I think for us as a culture, we've learned that. Man, we live in a more culture. I had this dream. If you said to me, Wes, if we can give you, if I could give you something tomorrow, I want, I want a brand new, I want a brand new, I want a, I want a truck. I just, I want, if you said, man, not, and I want that, we, we pull a trailer and we, we borrow a vehicle to pull the trailer. And we have one of the guys that pulled the trailer, he's a firefighter. So when he's off shift, I borrow a truck from across town. This week, my sister-in-law's sister brought it over to me and she watched our kid. And so we're always borrowing, taking people's trucks. And so I like it. But if you said, don't worry about the truck. If you said, man, what kind of vehicle can I get for you? I said, man, if you can just get me a loaded expedition, I'll take that. I've always wanted that. And I, I've gotten... Like, I, there was a time where I wanted to, I wanted to, I like to play on the water. My wife's like, hey, I bought you something. I'm like, what'd you get me? She's like, I bought you a jet ski. And I'm like, I love you. She's like, you got to go pick it up. And I'm like, come on. No. She's like, you got to go pick it up. I said, how much did you spend on this jet ski? I can't wait. You know, those things are expensive. I'm like, how much did you spend? She goes, I saw it at a garage sale. It was $300. And I'm like, dang it. Man, would you know, I got that thing fired up that night. I drove that thing. It was one of those old Sea-Doo's. And I loaded, I could put three high school kids on that thing and pull a wakeboarder. Like, I was, I love that thing. And then I was like, hey, hon, I want a motorcycle. And she's like, what's your problem? I'm just like, this is my life. There's six of us. If you see anyone who looks like me, that's because it's my brother or sister. And, um, and so for us, I've always wanted more. She'll tell you. In our house, if you go to the, the closet and say, who has the most jeans? In our house, it's, I got the most jeans because I always want another pair of jeans. We went shopping the other night, and she's like, um, I said, I think we're parked down there. And she's like, no, we're not. I said, yeah, we're parked there next to the Nike outlet. And we weren't part of a Nike outlet, but I wanted to walk in Nike outlet. Do I need more shoes? Absolutely not. But I want to go and just look. It just makes you feel good to look sometimes, you know. And I'm like, more. You know, I'm, I'm 34. I'm like, more, more. And I wanted a motorcycle. And she's like, you don't need a motorcycle. I'm like, yes, God wants me to have a motorcycle, hon. 
I can't, I can't stop God from what he wants me to have. I mean, he wants me to have, so I bought this, my first motorcycle was this 883, 100 year edition sports, and it was awesome. I love this motorcycle, and, and I'm like, man, if I can, I'm like, in my mind, I was like, if I sell this, I can talk Diane into a bigger motorcycle, because I'm always wanting more. I'm always wanting more. I'm always wanting more, and I think for us as a culture, when it comes to our walk with Christ, we think God's given us all that he can give us, or we think, you know what? My situation is so messed up, there's no way that God can get me out of this. There's no way that this can get better. It's just so bad that I just can't believe that God could do anything to reconcile. We believe this, that we believe that God can redeem anything. And we also say this every, we say this probably every week, but no, we believe that your best days are ahead of you. But most people are like, oh, I don't know, God can't really do any more for me. I had a friend call me a few weeks ago. And he's like, man, I just want more for my life. And I said, bro. And he's here today. I said, bro, you're, you're like, you're killing it. Like, you're living. You're doing what you want to do. And, uh, and I had to remind him of that. I mean, you're doing what you want to do. And I believe that God has more for everyone. When we first started this series, I gave everyone a note card that looked like this. And, um, and some people wrote, Jesus is a healer. And someone wrote, Jesus is my lifeline. I love that one. Whoever wrote that one, you get A+. Um, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of God. Jesus is my guidance, my light, my defender, my purpose. How many of you need a defender sometimes? That's good. And Jesus is that. Someone wrote down Jesus is, Jesus is happiness. And um, I, I love that one because Jesus, I don't, know how you, I don't know how you see God, but a lot of people see God as this dad with this, with this big ruler and, you know, a yardstick. And they used to spank kids with a yardstick. My dad let my principal spank me at that yardstick. I'm still mad at you for that. Um, no, like we think of guys like this guy with the big ruler with this big stick, like, hey, if you do this, then I'm going to punish you. And I realized that man, when you read the Bible, Jesus is, he could be your happiness. And Jesus is my savior. He's my strong tower. That's a pretty cool thing. Jesus is my savior, my wonderful counselor, my friend and my brother. It's good to have a counselor. It's good to have a counselor. And, and by the way, if you, if you need to see a counselor, go see one. Some of you are like, oh, that's a bad word. Like, if you, counselors, one of the best things you can do in life sometimes is go see a counselor. And Jesus sometimes, he's a counselor for us. I love that. Jesus is knowing. He's all-knowing. He's all-loving. He's all-powerful. He's my healer. He's my provider. This person is an overachiever. Jesus is the Messiah. He's a healer. He's jealous for us. That's pretty cool. He's indescribable. Have you ever tried to describe Jesus? He is indescribable. Um, I, when I get up on Sunday mornings to come here, I usually see the sun coming up. Today I couldn't see it. I can just see remnants of it. The clouds were so cool. It was just like this red type filter coming across the sky. And man, it's like every time I wake up, I I look forward. I always come up my road and get to 50, make a left, and I'm facing east. I usually see the sun because clearly I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. And so the sun's usually blinding me in the face. Today was different. I mean, it's like every time, did you know this, that there's never, there's never been a, a, um, the sun's never rose the exact same way and looked the exact same sky ever. Like, if you took a picture of me, you could have a bunch of different variations of it. But Jesus, when he created the heavens and the earth, there's not the same exact ever. Did you know that? That's like there's only one of you. God has never made a second version of you or a second one that, person like you. But he's done that. He's indescribable. And I believe this. Whatever you said Jesus is that week, I believe there's more of that where that came from. I believe that we looked at a guy by the name of Peter. I'm going to use one more story than that. We're going to get out of that. We're going to go into a whole new series next, next week. But we looked at this guy named Peter, and Jesus asked him the question, Peter, who do you say that I am? 
He had to answer that question. The very next week, Jesus said, Peter, I want you to come out of the boat. I want you to come walk on water. He had, Peter actually said, Jesus, would you call me out? And Jesus called him out. And last week, we looked at the fact that Jesus is the God of second chances. This guy, Peter, denied Jesus three times in less than 24 hours. I can relate. 24 hours, he denies Jesus. One time, two times, three times he denies Jesus. And you find himself in this story, John chapter 21. It'll be up on the screen. If you're using a, an app, we're in the New Living Translation, John chapter 21. I, I sat with a person who's very new to our church this week, and we had coffee. And if you ever want to have coffee with me or my wife, we're totally open to it. Um, if you want to have coffee with my wife, it can't be a long period of time because that means I'm with the twins, and that scares me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I've got it figured out. As long as you do it during nap time, I got it. And so um, I, <clears throat> I met this guy this week. You guys are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I met with this guy this week, and I was showing him YouVersion, which is, which is a Bible um, app. And you can, and here's, a, and here's the cool thing with this app. It reads to you. It, it can read to you. There's different translations in it. It's called YouVersion. And that sounds like, and for our generation, it's like the greatest tool for, it's one of the greatest tools for Christianity. That sounds weird. You're like, yeah, that's like a weird tool. But it's, you, can, you, can, you can walk around the Bible at any given time. If you're going through depression, you can go to this app and say, I'm looking for a verse, a verse on depression. If you lose a loved one, you can put in there, I'm suffering through loss. And you can type in there as a topic, and they can give you scriptures. If you're, trying, if you're struggling through marriage and trying to figure marriage out, that's one out of one people. You can actually go in there and say how to have a better marriage or how to work through marriage. And I was kind of joking, but I was serious about the marriage thing. It takes work. And so, like, you can look on there. It can show you things and help you. If you're trying to raise kids and you need help, we all do. You know, you, you, you can't put in there how not to kill my kid, but you can put in there parenting, and they can help you with that. And just encouraging. So you version awesome. John chapter 21, we pick up by this guy by the name of Peter. John chapter 21, verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. He's now died. He's rose again. Three days later, he's rose again, and he shows himself to his disciples one time. He shows himself to the disciples a second time, and we pick up here the third time. Jesus goes to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. I love this translation because it just says like it is. This is how it happened, bro. This is, you want to know what happened in this story? Here's how it went down. Verse 2. Several other disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, his nickname, the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee were there, two other disciples. They don't even get a shout out. They don't like, they're like, we're not even calling you by name. We're saying you're the other guys. And um, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We're going fishing. Remember last week, Jesus, whenever Jesus called Peter, he said, Peter, you're going to go with me. What were they doing when he called him? They were fishing. Now he's defeated. You ever been defeated before? He's struggling. He, he's having a hard day. He's like, I'm going to go back to the old me. I'm just going to go back to the old me. And we can relate with that. We're doing really, really well. We're doing really, really well. We're doing really well. We're like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the old me. I just, you know, I just like, I can't have this. I, you said there's a breakthrough and I want this breakthrough, but it's not happening yet. So I'm just going to go back to the old me. And, you know, and, 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 the, and the walk with Christ or this, this Christian struggle, it's so hard because like we'll do a two steps forward. And then don't we always take a step back? Something happens and we get defeated or we get frustrated or that step back maybe tomorrow um, or maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Like, man, I'm doing good. I'm in church and I'm serving God. And I mean, I'm, 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 I'm in next steps or I'm learning these things. And I'm, I'm trying to figure life out and things are going well. And then I take a step back. And we're like, dang it. And that's Peter's story. So we can relate with this. Because this guy has a beautiful ending to his story. And by the way, in here today, you've got a beautiful ending to your story. I don't know, Wes. You don't know me. I don't have to know you. I don't have to know you. My wife and, and, and um, 
and Amy sang that song, Hallelujah, we've won the victory. We, I read the book from front to cover. At the end, we win if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. We win in the end. Isn't that encouraging to know? Man, you, it's, this thing's already set up for a win. Like, all we have to do is just play the game, but we're going to win. I'm going to go play the game, but I'm going to win. Yeah, it's that simple. It's not simple. It's hard. But in the end, you win no matter what. You just go play the game, you're going to win. Well, that'd be awesome if you were, if you're, uh, Braden's a football player, and he comes at 8 a.m., he helps us set up, and he does a killer job, and he, he does a good job with it. Mother, one of the couple of the kids from the high school, they come, and, man, if I told you, hey, you're going to go play football this Friday, you're going to win, don't worry about it. I know it's a district game, but you're going to win, don't worry about it, you're going to win. They just go out there and play. Well, they'd be like, man, we're just going to go out there and play. They'd probably cut up and fool around, like, but well, you said we won. All we have to do is walk through this, and this walk with Jesus, we just got to show up and play. And the Bible says at the very end, we win. The very next verse, they're out there fishing. Well, we'll come to, they say. Then it says this. They went out into the boat. They caught nothing all night long. How many of you guys are fishers? You, you, you call yourself a fisherman. Dave's an outdoor. Anything outdoors with you, Dave, right? If it's outside, I do. I've been fishing a few times. And uh, so I've been fishing a few times. I've been nighttime fishing. Killed it. I was with some of my cousins in Ohio. We went fishing off a dock there. Night, caught fish at nighttime. I mean, so I, I've been fishing with my, my grandpa before. I remember the first time I went, I went fishing with my grandpa. My grandpa, we called him Poopa, And that's weird. I don't know if that's a black thing or a white thing. But nonetheless, we called him Poopa. okay? And so I call him Poopa, And I remember the first time I'm going fishing. Well, the, if you know anything about fishing with old people, fishing starts at 5 a.m. I didn't know that, Dave. But my dad, I'm like, I've just been dying to go fishing with my poop on. And so we go to have fishing. So I, the first thing when you wake up to go fishing, you have to like, you're like disoriented. But I remember my grandpa pouring me my first cup of coffee. And he said to me, son, my grandpa said to me, son, this is going to put hair on your chest. And he was right. You know, like, I'm just kidding. But I was like, man, and so that coffee was terrible. It was like, it was, wasn't, it wasn't good. I, I remember my, my daughter yesterday said to me, dad, let me try your coffee. I said, all right, hon, fine. That's what we're going to be drinking in heaven. I'm going to get you ready for heaven. Have a sip. So she's like, Dad, it smells so good, but it just tastes so bad. And I'm like, you must have heard your, Diana says the same thing. I'm like, it just smells so good, but it tastes so bad. I remember going fishing. My, I remember my grandpa telling me, yeah, son, uh, my, you know, he was just telling me stories. And, he, and I, we went on Lake Jessup, and it's filled with alligators. Like, if you know anything about Lake Jessup, it's just, I don't know if it's like per capita, but it's like just full of alligators. And he's like, son, I'm out there fishing. Now, my grandpa's told me on the way, he's like, man, we're going to see alligators. He said, son, he said, uh, they called me Bubba back then. You don't try it. It doesn't work with you guys. And I'm just kidding. Call me whatever you want. He's like, Bubba, these alligators can come out of the water half their body length. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. No big deal. We're in a boat. And that boat on a, on a, um, on a trailer looks huge. So you're like, that's no big deal. The boat's like up to here. I always, we'd go to his house. I'd play in that boat. I love that boat. We went on the water. I'm like, man, that boat is like a foot off the water. At that point, I wasn't watching swamp people, so I didn't know, like, all the deal. Like, so we get out there, and my grandpa's got his fishing rod, and he's casting it, and he's hitting these, I mean, he's like dead on. He's hitting these alligators right on top of the, head of, of the other head. I'm like, this is a bad idea. And I, so I've been fishing. Well, I took my daughter. I'm like, hope we're going to go fishing. I'm a dad. I've got my four-year-old. I've got my fishing rods that I've stolen from one of the guys on our setup team. Like, I've, I've got this. I'm going to go fishing. Like, we caught no fish. It's embarrassing. When you take your four, your four year old, you take your kid, you want your kid to catch a fish. We caught this many fish. I can relate. These guys catch absolutely zero fish. So Jesus walks up. It's early morning. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Hey, fellas. Another translation, you could, hey, 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 kids. 
Have you guys caught any fish? And I'm sure at that point, they said a few things they shouldn't say. Because like they've been fishing all night long. These guys are, and, and Peter is a, like when they found him, Peter was a professional fisherman. This guy was catching fish on a, he was fishing in a lake. He had already fished him before. But they caught zero fish. And he says to them, no, they say, we, we've caught nothing. Verse 6, they say, Jesus says to them this. Okay, guys, here's the plan. Take your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. Get some. He goes, I've got more for you and there's more, but it's on the other side of the boat. I need you to, now at that point, they're, now they're really mad. You would be too. It would be like you run out of gas and me saying to you, hey man, if you keep gas in it, it wouldn't run out. Like, these guys are professional. Like, they fish this whole thing. They fish the spot where they always caught fish at. They fish the middle. They fish the left. They fish the right. And they've already, they've already cleaned their entire nets up. And Jesus says, hey boys, kids, cast your net on the opposite side. There's fish there. And they're like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. You, who do you think you are? And they don't know it's Jesus. So they did it. <clears throat> they did exactly what he told them to do. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciples Jesus loved said to Peter, John's there, by the way. He calls himself the one Jesus loves. I'm the favorite. And um, my daughter's my favorite. That's a freebie. She's eight. Just makes sense. And every parent has a favorite. I'm trying to look at you in case your kid's in here, but everyone's got a favorite. Kids, I hope I didn't ruin that for anybody, but everyone's got a favorite. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, right? Because now the kid's are like, Mom, who's your favorite? <laughs> um, anyways, maybe your parent doesn't, but they all do. Um, Jesus says, it's the Lord. Peter says, it's the Lord. I, I, know that, I know that voice, and I haven't denied Jesus three times like you did, Peter. That's Jesus. Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, and he goes, wacko. The guy's fishing. He's like, that's Jesus. Now, you, mind, you, you know when you're going to get in trouble or something happens, you get that gut feeling like, oh, man. Peter instantaneously, this isn't in here, so I'm, I'm going to try to catch you up. And this is how I read the Bible. Peter instantaneously freaks out. Oh, my goodness. And you know what pops in his head? The same thing that would pop in your head if you were Peter. I just denied this guy just a few days, really, three times, just like he said he would. Like, I said, like he said I would. He denies him three times. I would have just jumped in the water and went after Jesus, not Peter. You know what Peter did? He put his jacket on. <laughs> like, I have a hard enough time swimming. But I ain't putting extra clothes on to swim. I don't know how far he swam, but I know this. The joker picks his jacket up, he puts it on, and he swims to shore. Because he wanted to see Jesus. And it says here, Peter says to him, Peter knew, what I'm about to tell you, that Jesus has more for you. Let me read the rest of the story. Um, Verse 9. When they get there. These guys still out. I'm sorry, let me go to verse 8. The others stayed with the boat, and they pulled the loaded net to shore, for there was a, they were about 100 yards from the shore. There's your answer. Then they got there. They found breakfast waiting for them. Fish was cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread that Jesus himself was making. 
Bring some of the fish you guys have just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There was 153 large fish. It's important that Jesus put there's large there. Because they could have been just little fish. They could have been like little fish that, they, that you use to go catch. I've been deep sea fishing before. And you start from the shore and you catch these little fish. You put them in a water well when you get out to the, when you get out to the deep sea. And it was too far for me. I can't tell you how far it was. But they put these little live fish on there. And they cast them out. And the bigger fish come up and, and grab them. But it says in here that there were large fish. Jesus wanted to communicate to them, hey, Peter, I've got more. Well, I'm not done with you yet, Peter. And no matter where you're at in your life, Peter, Jesus wants you to know. Jesus wants you and I to know that Jesus, Peter wants you and I to know. Jesus wants you and I to know that Jesus has more for you. Well, Wes, I'm in the bottom. Jesus, if you're at the bottom, good news, because things can only go up from there. If you, like, man, I just, I'm at the end of the road. It's okay, because Jesus has more for you. I'm going to give you two things to write down and in the worship guide. Um, the worship guide is there, and you can write down a couple of notes. Abel's going to come up and help me finish the sermon. But I wrote down two things I want you to write down. Um, before you write down this, I, I want to share this with you. And, and Peter found this out that day. One move in the right direction can change everything. Have you found that to be true? Some of you guys that are, you're, you're mature, like, some of you guys, you're mature in life, and that could be 21. It could be 31. It could be 41. Do you ever see young kids make stupid choices and you think, man, just one, one step in a different direction could have changed everything? Have you experienced that as an adult? Like, just one thing could change. One step or one move in the right direction, it can change everything. All right, here, so write this down. I'll write down two things for you. You got to open your mind for more. You and I have to open our mind for more. Most people don't even think that it's even in the realm of God's scope to do more in your life. Ah, Wes, I just can't. You don't know me. I don't have to. Jesus can do more for you and for him. But you have to open up your mind. And if your mind never opens up to it, you'll never, ever. Do you know someone who uses the word never all the time? Oh, that never happens to me. That never. You know what happens to that person? It never happens to them. You know what will never happen to me? I'll never win the lottery. You want to know why? Because I don't play the lottery. I don't. But I got a friend, like, he's like, I won 20 bucks yesterday. He, he does scratch-offs. He loves scratch-offs. He's young. He's like, oh, man, I, when he turned 18, the first thing he did, you can do that when you're 18, right? Or 21. Like, he ran straight to the store to buy a lotto ticket. So one day he comes to my office, like, hey, bro, you got 20 bucks? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I, I, dude, I'm, I'm hitting, like, strong right now on the lotto tickets. I'm killing it. He's like, if you give me 20 bucks, I'm, I'm just going to go buy $21 tickets. And we're bound, like, we're bound to happen. I said, no, bro, I don't. I hear, I hear him, and I work for a church. And so he goes to another person, and he says to, to one, of the other, one of the other people on the staff, he goes, um, I don't want to say her name because she'll listen to the podcast, but she's like, hey, can you, if you give me, he like, he's going around asking everyone in the office for $20. He goes to this lady, and she's super sweet, and she's like, yeah, but I'll give you 20 bucks. He like, he's talking to people because he's going to go buy just a string. He's like, we're going to hit. So he comes to the office like a couple days later. I say, hey, how did it go? He goes, Man, I'm embarrassed. I said, why? He said, well, because I got, I got 20 bucks from so-and-so, and man, I won zero off that 20. If you never open up your mind, this kid believes he's going to win. He wins sometimes. But here's that. If you don't think that God has more for you, guess what? He doesn't. You're like, newsflash. That's awkward. That's like, that's kind of pushy there, Wes. Like, if you don't think God can do more for you, then he can't. But here's the, here's the good news. If you think God can do more in your life, here's what I've seen over and over time. Guess what? He's done more. 
for that lady who'd been bleeding for most of her life. She's on her hands and her knees, army crawling. She reaches out and she touches the bottom of Jesus' garment and she stands up. She quits bleeding instantaneously. Instantaneously. God had more for a guy named Jarius. His daughter was dying. She was only 12 years old. Only 12 years old. I know a guy, he buried his five-year-old daughter, a pastor. We had a friend had have his 12 or 13-year-old daughter life-lighted over to America today. She got a severe case of pneumonia. She's fighting for her life. 13 years old. And I and this, she's recovering. You would, this thing, this, this Facebook post has been shared over and over and over and over again. I believe that God is doing something in this family's life because people are believing that God can heal her. If you don't think God can, he can, but it, it really doesn't matter because if you never believe, if you never begin to go through the action steps and believe that he can, then you're right, it's like he can't. He, he just can't. And that's like discouraging. And so I want you to believe that he can. I could sit down with you and go over and over and over again of people that I've met in this. And I just believe that God's got more for me and I've seen God do more in their life. Do you know that your mind controls everything? Your mind controls everything. If you never even open up your mind, like I'm not asking you to do anything else besides that, but for some of us in here today, you just got to open up your mind. Man, God can do something in my life then I'm just going to be open to it. God, here I am. All of me, I surrender. You can just have whatever you want, God, and you can just do it, and we're, I'm just going to let go and let you, God. I'm just going to let you do it. I'm just going to open up my mind to it. And it sounds so scary because here's the deal. Like, we live in such a control-needy society, and that's us. i got to have control. My wife loves, she's a systems person. My system is, there needs to be no systems. Like it's, and that's bad news. Like, for me in my life, I just, I don't, I don't need, I just, I don't, I don't like control. I don't like control. One of my close, one of our close friends and her and her husband help us out with the church a lot. And she's like, she gave me a card and she said, Pastor West, I'm like, hey, can you not do that? It's just, it's weird. I just, I'm just like a normal person. Like I'm not even normal, but like, I want to be normal. Like just call me Wes. Like you've been calling me Wes for a long time. Just keep it at Wes. Really want to stay in this, the West category with you. If you don't ever, and, and if you don't, but if you don't open up your mind for more, it's like God can never do what he wants to do. Like he can, sure he can do it, but it's like, you don't allow him to. And here's what's scary. He starts doing it in your life and you can't even see it because you're not even open up your, your mind to it. Like, I don't even think he can. He starts doing it and I'm like, hey, and so I sit with this person, I'm like, hey man, God's already doing something in your life. And you're like, I don't, I don't feel, I don't see it. It's because your mind, you don't even think he can, but he's already doing something in your life. You got to open up your mind to it. We sat with some of our team yesterday and the testimony of one of our one of my one of my friends, she just said, you know, we just she said, we just opened up our mind to this idea of tithing. And um, she goes, We just we just started with it. And she says, We just we're gonna be consistent with it. I'm just gonna open up our mind to it. And she says, Man, it's like the more we do it, it's like God just shows up. We've opened up our mind to it. It all starts with a decision in your mind. How many of you guys are analytical people? Any analytical people in here today? Yeah, you can just, yeah that's you guys. It's hard for analytical people to trust God, isn't it? Because you're like, well, I, I can't see that. I can't see that. I'm, I don't know what the opposite of analytical is, but that's me. Like, I don't think about anything. My wife said, on the way home last night, I said, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and it feels so good. <laughs> I, For me, I don't even like to have control. I don't like position. I like just to be normal. I just like to be simple and let things happen as they may. 
But if you don't start believing that God can do more in your life, then he never will. I saw someone post this the other day on social media, and I told you guys last week, but social media, social media can be really positive. If you, give, if you give God your attention, he will always exceed your expectations. If you give God your attention, if you give him your mind, he will blow your mind. You ever heard that phrase, that'll blow your mind? Like, he, like, I might could blow your mind on some simple things, but man, Jesus, when he blows your mind, it's like a whole nother level. Whole nother level. N-U-T-H-A, nother. It's a whole nother level. Jesus wants to do more in life, but you've got to open up your mind to it. Here's the second thing. What's the second thing? You got to open up your hands for more. You got to open your hands for more. Guys, if you throw your nets on the other side, I swear there's fish there. I, I just, I, I swear. And so they had to get the nets back out. Their mind said, hey, get the nets back out. And they picked the nets up with their mind, but they had to do something that's very, very necessary. And it's, it's the second step to this. And it's the second step for you and I. They had to grab the nets. And his mind said, hey, grab the nets. And they grabbed the nets. And that's easy to grab the nets sometimes. Maybe your mind's open. And some of you guys made your mind's open. I'm ready. And then Jesus said, hey, grab the net. And you got to throw it. And one of the best things that could ever happen to him is he took the nets. And I've, I've cast a net before. And I don't know if I remember how I did it like this. But you got to toss that thing far. And you know what most people do wrong when they throw the net? They don't let go at the right time. They never let go at the right time. And so he says, I want you to open up your mind for it. All right, God, we're going to trust you that there's more. And he takes the net and he throws it. And man, I don't know what happened, but I know this. He let go of the net at the right time. How do I know that? Because when they let go of the net, well, they dropped the nets down. They caught more fish than they had ever caught before. They caught more fish than they had ever caught before. 153 large fish, large ones small ones, like super-sized ones. Went to a restaurant, went to dinner last night with some friends. And I said, we're going to um, Cheesecake Factory. And I'm like, we passed by Ruth's Chris. I'm like, text them and tell me it's at Ruth's Chris. I was like, partially serious. Partially kidding. I'm like, hey, let's, let's go over there. It's, the food's better there. I know, I haven't been there, but I know the food's better there. I've if it's more expensive, it's probably like, let's go there. We're, we're going to go there. That, if, that's, if it's better and there's more, I want that. So here's what you and I need to do. we got to begin to open up our hands for more. So they turn the other side of the boat, and they drop this nets at the right time, at the right place, at the right time, and like Jesus told them, and they had caught more fish than they had ever caught before. Man, are you ready for more? Are you ready for more in your life? Some of you guys say, yeah, man, I'm ready for that. I wish I could tell you how good it was going to be. I sat down with a friend yesterday who's walking through a tough time in his life. Everything that he thought was going in a direction is going, going a different way. The last 15 years he's invested in this thing that he thought was going to be, this was it, this was the answer, and, and it's, it's changing. I sat across from him at a little pizza place, and I said, God has more for you. I just don't see that. I said, well, let's talk about it. We talked, and at the end of the, after about an hour, hour and a half long conversation, hour and a half lunch, lunches are longer with me, and I just said, hey, he looked at me and said, I, I just believe it. You're right. It took me an hour and a half to convince him. 
only give you guys 25 minutes, but I believe this. God has more for you. God, you need to say, God, open up my mind for more, God. I'm ready for it. And you need to say, God, my hands are just, you can have them. Maybe you're like, I'm just going to jump in at Hope Church. Or maybe your hands need to be, maybe God needs to use your hands in your neighborhood where you're like, hey, where you're at or where you're at your work at. And he needs to do something in your life. And he, well, not need to do something in your life. He needs to do some people in the lives around you because you've opened up your mind for more. And God's going to do that for you. And God's going to show up in your life and he's going to blow your mind. And he's going to do it in a way that only he can do it. And when you look back, you're going to say, I cannot believe he did that. They thought, I cannot believe we have 153 fish in that boat. I can't believe it. But you know what? There was in there. There's more. And I'm already speaking over your life today that God has more for you. He just does. Everyone in this room here today, God has more for you. Would you say that to yourself just quietly, just in your mind? Would you just begin to process that in your mind that God has more for you? Just don't, you don't say that a lot. You just, a lot of times in my car, I just say things like I don't, they don't come out of my mouth. They just, when I say to myself, God has more for me. Or Jesus has more for me. Jesus is preparing more for me. He, could you just begin to process what that would even look like? I don't know what it looks like in your life. I've seen it happen over and over again. Hector is on the front row, and this is his brother. And, and, and Hector is an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. He's killing it. That guy's working. He's, he's, he's a good son. He's a good brother. Better than I, better than I am. I know because every, every Friday I sit in his barber chair. Shaves my head, gets my, my beard looking right, making sure I don't look ratchet. And he just, well, you know, we talk about all that, we talk about the Lord. And, you're, you know, and I'm going to say this to you guys, I've already said it to Hector, but God's going to do more in his life. Hector said, I'd love one day if I could just cut hair and have Christian barbershops all across the world, third world countries. Just, and we just share the gospel. Like, you want to share the gospel with someone? If you got 45 minutes, you can say whatever you want in 45 minutes. And I'm, I'm believing that for him. When he said to me, I thought to myself, that's big. And that's kind of God we serve. We serve big God. God's going to do that in his life. God's going to do that in his life. And whatever you're believing for, God's going to do it in your life. And if you're believing for it, God's going to do it in your life. And if you're believing for it, God's going to do it in your life. If your mind is open to it, your heart's open for it. You know what the Bible says? That he's already won the victory. He's already got it mapped out. The story of Hope Church has already been written. The story of the Garmin family, it's already been written. Taylor and Garrison, the story's been written. The story's been written for the Reno. It's already been written. We just got to go and live it out. We just got to go and live it out. We got to believe that God has more for us. You bow your head and close your eyes. Thanks for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergarden.com to connect with us. 